Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. Uh, we've got an amazing, amazing, miraculous broadcast lined up for today, and I did not line it up. It is absolutely, biblically, miraculously lined up by the Spirit of the living God, and I hope you're going to stand by and stay tuned for what we're going to be sharing today. Last night, <clears throat> Patricia and I were basically, we went to bed at 1130. And I woke up right at 2 a.m. and didn't go back to sleep until probably 5.30 this morning. And we were just up all night long, praying, uh, thinking things through, just an amazing evening and trying to get sleep and discussing certain things going on in our world and all these different things. And uh, finally got a couple of hours sleep from around 5.30 to 7.30. I think we actually slept till around 8.15 this morning, um, which is unusual. And so pretty tired, physically exhausted. And we didn't stay up all night because we ate cupcakes, ding-dongs, or Dairy Queen ice cream. We did not do that. Uh, in fact, we didn't even eat before going to bed last night. We had a very rich Bible study. Good word of God last night. I'd encourage you to go back to last night's Bible study on Facebook or YouTube and watch it. But there was something done last night and then connected to this morning when we woke up. And I'm going to share it with you today. But first, I want to make sure that we get rolling in the right direction. Hopefully, we're broadcasting live on YouTube, Facebook, Omega Radio, and blog talk radio 
I uh, want to say good morning. I see just Brother Kevin's in the chat room right now, so we're going to wait to tell the story. And while we're waiting to tell the story, I want to share with you a few articles that I found very interesting this morning from the Prophecy News Watch. And the first one that I want to share with you is the illusion of choice. This is the illusion of choice. Over 90% of the news, as you already know, is controlled by just a few. The article says the way that people view the world is greatly shaped by the news that they see on television and read on the internet. Unfortunately, much of that news is produced by just five enormous corporations. In fact, although the numbers vary from month to month, more than 90% of the news that Americans watch on television is controlled by those five corporations. Smaller outlets such as Newsmax are trying to make a dent, but it is an uphill battle. Internet news is more diversified, but in conjunction with the 15 billionaires that own and control America's newspaper industry, the same five corporations have come to dominate online as well. So the tech giants have certainly helped their cause by designating them as trusted sources and by adjusting algorithms to ensure that we get a steady diet of the news that the media giants are constantly putting out. The entire system is designed to direct us to certain voices, and those voices are constantly working very hard to alter what we think about things. According to one survey, the average American spends 238 minutes a day watching television. If you allow anyone to pump that much propaganda into your mind day after day, it is inevitable that the way that you view the world is going to change. Sadly, a lot of people out there still believe that the big corporate-owned news networks are the guardians of democracy and are just looking out for their best interests. Needless to say, this is not even close to reality. In our day and time, everyone has agendas to push, and the big corporate-owned news networks are not any exception. The journalists and those networks are going to shape the news to push the messages that their corporate masters want them to push, and anybody that believes otherwise is simply being naive. So exactly who are these five giant corporations that own and control almost all of the news that we see on television? Well, the first is AT&T's Warner Media, which owns CNN. The cable news network, CNN, is a multinational news-based pay television channel headquartered in Atlanta. It is owned by CNN Worldwide, a unit of the Warner Media News and Sports Division of AT&T's Warner Media. It was founded in 1980 by American media proprietor Ted Turner and Reese Schoenfeld as a 24-hour cable news channel. Upon its launch in 1980, CNN was the first television channel to provide 24-hour news coverage and was the first all-news television channel in the United States. The second is Comcast which owns NBC. NBC Universal Media, LLC, is an American mass media and entertainment conglomerate owned by Comcast and headquartered at 30 Rockefeller Plaza in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. NBC Universal is primarily involved in the media and entertainment industry. The company is named for its two most significant divisions, the national broadcasting company, NBC, one of the United States' big three television networks, and the major Hollywood film studio, Universal Studios and Universal Pictures. 
It also has a significant presence in broadcasting through a portfolio of domestic and international properties, including USA Network, Sci-Fi, Bravo, Telemundo, Universal Kids, and the streaming service Peacock via its Universal Parks and Resort Division. NBC Universal is also the third largest operator of amusement parks in the world. Of course, Comcast also owns cable news outlet MSNBC. MSNBC is an American news-based paid television cable channel based in New York City. It is owned by the NBC Universal News Group division of NBC Universal, a subsidiary of Comcast. It provides NBC News coverage as well as its own reporting and political commentary on current events. Disney has now become the largest media company in the entire world, and they are the proud owners of ABC News. The American broadcasting company, ABC, is an American multinational commercial broadcast television network that is a flagship property of Walt Disney Television a division of Disney General Entertainment content of the Walt Disney Company. Viacom CBS may not be as big as the other corporations on this list, but their control of CBS News gives them a tremendous amount of influence. CBS, originally an abbreviation for Columbia Broadcasting System, its former legal name that was used from 1928 to 1974, is an American commercial broadcast television and radio network. It serves as the flagship property of the CBS Entertainment Group division of Viacom CBS. Last, but certainly not least, Fox Corporation, which is controlled by the Murdoch family, owns and controls Fox News. For Corporation, or Fox Corporation is an American mass media company headquartered in New York City. The company was formed in 2019 as a result of the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by the Walt Disney Company. The assets that were not acquired by Disney were spun off from 21st Century Fox as the new Fox Corp. It is owned by the Murdoch family via a family trust with 39.6% interest. Rupert Murdoch is chairman, while his son, Lachlan Murdoch, is executive chairman and CEO. Fox Corps deals primarily in the television broadcast news and sports broadcasting industries. They include the Fox Broadcasting Company, Fox Television Stations, Fox News, Fox Business, the national operations of Fox Sports, and others. Its sister company, under Murdoch's control, the present-day News Corps, holds his print interest and other media assets. Many consider Fox News to be the conservative alternative to the other major news networks, but the truth is that the news that Fox News produces is not really that much different from the news that the other networks produce. Every day, millions upon millions of Americans have conversations that center around the news that they just saw on television. So those that decide what the news is going to be have an extraordinary amount of power. Just look at what happened when the Fauci emails were revealed. They showed that Dr. Fauci had been lying to us over and over again, and they also showed that he was involved in a massive conspiracy to cover up the true origin of the pandemic. But CNN, MSNBC, NBC News, ABC News, and CBS News all decided that it wasn't going to be a scandal, and so most Americans don't believe that it is one. On Monday, a British news source published a bombshell story about text messages in which Hunter Biden used some of the most racist language imaginable, and that should be front page news all over the country. 
But the big news networks are being silent about Hunter Biden's text messages. In fact, I couldn't even find a single reference to the story on the homepage of Fox News. So Hunter Biden's racist language is not going to be a scandal because they don't want it to be a scandal. Meanwhile, Chris Harrison is being permanently canceled for simply suggesting that a contestant on his former show should be given a little grace for a mistake that she made in her past. And here's what he said. We all need to have a little grace because I've seen some stuff online. Again, this judge jury executioner thing where people are just tearing this girl's life apart. That's all he said. Harrison said during the interview, I'm not defending Rachel. I just know that I don't know. 50 million people did that in 2018. That was a type of party that a lot of people went to. He quoted. He continued, the woke police is out there. And this poor girl, Rachel, who has just been thrown to the lion's I don't know how you are equipped when you have never done this before to be woke enough, to be eloquent enough, to be ready to handle this. When, when are we finally going to get fed up with all the hypocrisy? If Chris Harrison is going to get canceled simply for wanting to show a little bit of grace to someone, how much more does Hunter Biden deserve to get canceled for the horrific language that he used? But Hunter Biden is not going to get canceled because he is off limits. He can literally do anything that he wants because his father is in the White House and the mainstream media is going to protect Joe Biden at all costs. It is at this point in this article that I should encourage everyone to turn off the mainstream news networks and never look back. But we all know that the vast majority of Americans are going to continue to watch their favorite news networks, no matter how corrupt they become. And that is extremely unfortunate. And I agree. It really is unfortunate. Now, uh, I want to get back just for a little bit here. I want to see where we're at with our numbers. As I said this morning, good morning to all of our friends out there. Um, this is a miraculous day. There are some incredible things that God wants to share with us. I'm excited to do it. So where do we begin? Where do we begin? I've got another article, and I thought, man, should we really go into this? I just, I just don't know. I just don't know if we should or not. But um, there is a, another article concerning Christian schools, Christian schools cancel their chaplain in the cancel culture. They cancel their chaplain for not supporting LGTB agenda. Okay. So this is a whole article, but why go into it again? Okay. Why go into it again? It's a repetition of what we've been saying for how many years, that we live in a generation on planet Earth that has shifted the mind, the actions, the conduct, the behavior of the people living on this planet. We live in a technological age where through all of modern day technology, artificial intelligence, deception, the news media, what we just read about, people's minds have been bombarded and without a covering over the mind, without knowing the truth, without knowing what is light and what is darkness, because a time would come when they would call light darkness and darkness light because they wouldn't be able to tell anymore. And that is happening within our society. So where do we actually start today? Last night, while we were awake, Again, we went to bed around 11.30, and I popped awake at around 2, two o'clock in the morning. And uh, Patricia was up as well. 
And we decided, I said, why don't you put on uh, True News with Rick Wiles? I want to see how he's doing. Many of you know that Rick Wiles and about 20 other people in their ministry and at the workplace and family um, were hit with coronavirus or COVID-19. And Rick was hospitalized, and I guess it was the most horrific thing that he'd ever gone through. And, you know, I know Rick Wiles. I've been with Rick Wiles in his office down in Vero Beach with about 12 other prophetic voices that we were invited to go sit with him. I've met him a couple of times, talked with him several times. Rick was one of the people that um, encouraged me back in 2009 to continue on in the ministry. And uh, I appreciate him. He went his way, way back in 2011, and he accelerated And Rick has now been all over the world. He is the center of conversation by Jimmy Kimmel, the comedian in late night uh, comedy. Uh, He's the center of attention from news media outlets like CNN. People all over the world are talking about Rick Wiles, mostly for what they claim is his anti-Semitic rhetoric. Okay. And so uh, you watch and, and True News has been very good to show what they're saying about them. And so Rick got hit. And Edward Zoll and uh, uh, another gentleman that does the news with them, and then his daughter Carissa, and then the media. And so I've been concerned about him. I really have. Not that I agree with everything. I, you know, I have my opinions and my, my my judgments in my heart about certain things. But I care about the man, and he is out there. And he's the higher the level, the higher the devil. And um, I wanted to know how he was doing. And last night. I listened for as long as that program was on. I think it was about at least an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And I'm going to play it at the end of our broadcast today because you need to hear it. You really do need to hear it. And it was powerful. It was powerful. And um, the anointing of God hit the people in that studio last night. And you'll see the miracle yourself that was going on uh, with Rick in in an acceleration of his own healing as he was addressing people. Because people were writing him hoping he died. They put his obituary out there. Uh, They slandered, mocked Scott. I mean, they just wanted the guy dead in, in, in every possible way. Well, he came back last night, and it was, again, just one of the most powerful. And I don't know because it was the middle of the night or what it was. But my heart was rejoicing for what God's doing in that work, truenews.com. So at the end of everything, I, for the last several, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple of months, I don't know if you ever felt this way, I've been doing what I'm supposed to do. I get up on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, I come to these, my one little box, my one little camera, I sit down in this little chair, my face is too close, my wife says it makes my nose look big, and yet I sit here without any regard for any of that, and I just give what God puts in my heart, and God has been faithful every day to put something in my heart that I could share with the body of Christ every morning, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. On Tuesday night, we have Bible studies in the evening. On Wednesday night, we have Bible studies in the evening. On Thursday night, we have Bible studies in the evening. 
On Saturday night, we have our church service. On Sunday at 2 p.m., we have our church service. Monday night, the church has a prayer meeting. And we just, in the midst of all of the teaching and the preaching and the sharing, there's some counseling. Patricia deals with most of that. Um, But there is time to live life, you know, and uh, just go. And we've been doing this for a long, long time, a very long time. And there are moments in my life where I'm doing what is right. I'm just doing it. But internally, I'm sensing the warfare of the enemy doing everything to resist me personally, like he does to you personally, like he does to every person that believes in Jesus Christ. That's why Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 6 about the full armor of God. And the way he works on me is because I talk so much, because I preach so much, uh, he gets me starting to think, am I saying the right thing? Am I going in the right direction? Am I, am I sharing what is necessary? Am I spending enough time? Am I in the word enough? Am I praying enough? Am I involved enough? And it's this constant driving thing because it is very important if we're going to speak that we're speaking the right things. And I understand that. But every once in a while, I'll get into the funk inwardly of having to labor through the muck and mire of maybe some um, condemnation, or you're just not doing it good enough. You're not, you're not right. Uh, you're looking at the problems going on in the church at times. And are you handling those properly? Are you, you know, there's this constant bombardment of the enemy saying, you're not doing enough. You're not good enough. And so with that going on, I don't pay attention to it. I've learned. Okay. And I understand that my life in Christ is a walk of faith. And I do the best I can, but even when I do that, that labor of warfare comes against me constantly. And sometimes it has an effect to slow me down, to feel heavy, to have to labor through. Other times, it's non-existent. So the last couple of months, I have experienced this. I, I have felt this going on inside of me. I'm not blaming the devil, although I know it's his warfare, and I'm not blaming anybody or anything. It's just something I went through. And so... Last night, while we were awake listening to uh, what Rick had gone through and what the ministry had gone through and uh, the incredible success of God written all over that uh, program last night, um, I was refreshed and I finally went back to sleep and I woke up this morning. Now, last night in Bible study, and there's a reason for telling you this. I'm just speaking to you from my heart here and I've got something I'm just going to be straight out, straightforward with you, as I always try to be. Um, When I woke up, or last night at Bible study, I preached my heart out. I just got out of the way, and I let the Holy Spirit do what he does. And during the Bible study last night, and I really pray, and I wish that you would uh, go to the Bible study last night and just kind of see Uh, what was happening and hear the word. And I'm sure there's a pearl in there for somebody. And because it's God's word. Well, as I was preaching last night, I came on uh, in Ephesians 6 about the full armor of God and was ministering on uh, how the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness is something that we are to put on as one of the parts of the uh, full armor. And 
while I was ministering upon uh, about the breastplate of righteousness, I was sharing with the congregation what the word of God says, that you and I as believers have been granted a righteousness. In other words, it has been imputed righteousness. Now, I haven't talked about imputed righteousness. I'm going to go back and just vaguely cover, I'm going to say at least minimally the last five years. I have not talked about imputation, imputed righteousness, but last night when I was telling and sharing with the body that we are to put on the breastplate of righteousness, it just came out of my spirit that this is imputed righteousness, that God has put into our account his righteousness, and that we are to put on that righteousness. We are to put it on. It's not our own. We don't have any of our own righteousness but we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. As right as Jesus was before the Father, that rightness is on us. It's imputed righteousness. And I went over this, and you'll hear it in the message last night. It's kind of towards the end while we were wrapping things up in the breastplate of righteousness part of Ephesians 6. And so I use this term, imputed righteousness. We got home, went to bed at 11.30, was up at 2 o'clock, listened to Rick Wiles' True News. I came to some very clear determinations in my life and what I'm about to share with you and what I'm about to release. I came to very clear determination that I'm ready. I'm ready to lay it all down. I am ready to do whatever is necessary to bring the truth as I understand it without hesitation. And you say, well, you've always done that. To a degree, yes. But these last, you know, several, maybe 15 to 18 months, we've been very direct, okay? However, we noted that there was an atmosphere created since coronavirus, and we noted that the atmosphere was putting fear in everybody. And the atmosphere uh, is just rank. I'll talk about it in just a little bit. So let me get back to imputed righteousness. When I brought that up last night, when we came home, when I woke up this morning, I did something that I haven't done, and I even asked Patricia about it. I haven't done it, I can't remember the last time I got up, and the very first thing I had to do was go to the washroom. You know how we do as human beings, we get up, we go to the washroom. And what I normally do is simply go to the washroom, and I got up late, so I needed to get up, I need to get going, I need to get my cup of coffee, you know, and all these things. But before I did anything, I went to the washroom, but I, without thinking, grabbed my Bible. I just grabbed my Bible. There's a reason for this. And normally I would go by myself or I'd take my phone, find out if there are any emails, get ready for the day. But I picked up my Bible. I carried it into the washroom. I sat down. The lights were off and there's just a little light pouring in there. And I flipped open my Bible, which has 2,794 pages, 2,794 pages in my Bible. And in that bathroom, in the dark, with a book that I never bring into the washroom with me, I flipped it open, 
And I'm trying to, with my eyes, they're a little foggy still. I'm trying to look in. I'm, I'm in the middle of a page. I can't even see the verses or anything. There's no headlines. I'm just in the middle of the page. And I came to this verse, and I just started reading it the best I could. And it's Romans chapter 4 and verse 19. So I'm in there, and I'm squinting like this. Going, what is that saying? And I just wanted to get the word in me. You ever just want to get the word? I don't care what I open up to. Just get the word. It's been a long night, right? And here's what I read. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, speaking of Abraham, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He, Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And so I started thinking, Wow, these last couple of months, that warfare going against my soul, going against my heart. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough, blah, 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 blah. That, and I just kept going anyways. I just, regardless of what, I was, what was warring against me, I kept going anyways, doing what I'm supposed to do. And all of a sudden, it was like a breakthrough in my spirit that Abraham was strong in faith. And I love that. It says he, was, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And I realized, I had a little light go off in me, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, though it be tried in the fire, may be found in the praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what it says in Peter? And that how God says the most valuable commodity in the last days is going to be our faith, and that this trial that I've been in internally, intrinsically, dealing with all these things externally, and putting oil on your forehead and not appearing to go through anything and let, you know, just walk the walk, that God was allowing me to walk through it. And it was all about my faith. And it was by faith that I keep going through doing what I'm supposed to do. And it brought a little release to me, but that's not the best part of the story. I kept reading. And that when he was strong in faith, he gave glory to God. I was encouraged. And then in 21, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, so here's Abraham. He does not stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. He's strong in faith, giving glory to God. He's fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And then 22. And therefore, because of his strong faith, because of his unwavering faith, without staggering, therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. And I sat there for a moment and I'm, I'm looking and I'm looking at this going, oh my gosh, there's that word imputation. It, therefore, because of his faith, the promise was imputed, imputed to him for righteousness. And then in 23, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So let me just clarify, in my Bible, 2,794 pages. I took a book without thinking, I never do it, into the washroom, with the lights out, with a little light coming in from the morning, popped open the book wherever it was, peered into the middle of a page and started reading, uh, and being not weak in faith, 
got encouraged and then saw the very thing that hadn't been out of my mouth in years about imputed righteousness. And you know what? I walk, I got up this morning, regardless of how much sleep or not we had. And I'm telling you, I feel in my spirit, this is miraculous to me. You know how you hear things and then God confirms something and does it that only you could really understand it? This is miraculous because what I believe the reason for sharing this with you is, is that whatever you're going through, God is asking you to just go through in faith. And faith is I don't feel it. I don't see it. It doesn't look like it's there. Faith is just going. And eventually your faith is going to be shown to have substance when you're going to find the tangible things of God in it. I'm telling you, this is impossible. But why is it important? Why is this important? When I was listening to Rick Wiles last night and and his crew, which did an excellent job, Rick, towards the end of the broadcast, he brought something up. And you need to listen to it. I've got it all lined up here. I, I want you to hear it. But he started talking and he asked the question, well, in this, uh, one of his uh, news people said that the entire LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ agenda this year, the, the gentleman was saying that every year in the Pride Month, you know, like June is Pride Month all over the world right now from Tel Aviv, Israel, all over the world homosexuals and lesbians and transvestites and pedophiles and every sexual disoriented dysfunctional human being on the planet. There's, this is their month. But every year there's a particular theme to their pride month. It's like their great promotion series. It's like a new iPhone coming out. They're going to promote the new I-11 or the 11 plus or whatever, right? Well, every year they do this. And the gentleman said that this year, the LGBTQ community agenda is for the children to get as much homosexual propaganda before the children of the world. And so Rick said when he heard this, what does the Bible say if you do wrong? And uh, Doc Burkhart came in and said, the Bible says it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast into the sea than to hurt one of these little ones. And Rick said something to the effect of, that's right, America, a millstone is going to be tied around your neck and you're going to be thrown into the sea for what you've done. And they they went on in this conversation. And when I heard that, I thought, ah, I remember this. I remember this. I want to share with you a prophecy. I wrote this out. I shared this on October 28th. This was October 28, 2019. This was the same time frame, I think 10 days earlier, unbeknownst to me, that the global community was using uh, their, their pretended scenario about a plague that was going to hit the world, and it, it was coronavirus, remember? All that was going on in the uh, Agenda 201 or something like that. I think Pastor Jeff mentioned it yesterday. Well, on, and I've got the date here. You can go back to this date and find the broadcast where I read this prophecy that God had given me on October 28, 2019. And it was called the Millstone 
prophecy. I have friends out there that can concur and confirm that I read this millstone prophecy. So when Rick talked about the millstone last night, I decided, well, when I get on air today, I'm going to go back. I'm going to find this millstone prophecy. I want to see what it says because I remember writing it. So on October 28th, 2019, the millstone prophecy, and I'm going to read it to you now. Like a millstone around the neck and cast into the sea, so shall America be plunged into the depth of horror. Now, this is before COVID-19 hit. This is before coronavirus hit. This is October 28th, 2019. And these are the exact words that Rick used last night. Like a millstone around the neck and cast into the sea, so shall America be plunged into the depth of horror. Oh, America, you have not provoked ISIS or other terror organizations around the world, but you have provoked me, saith the Lord. I have heard of all the ugly things you have done, yet I have come down unto you to see if what I have heard was true, and you, like the sons of Sodom and Gomorrah, have testified against yourselves that you are cruel and defiant and lewd. Therefore, I am releasing a millstone from the heavens and binding you to it, saith the Lord, and you shall drown in the violence of your evil ways. Well, that's just the beginning. You say, well, that's, you know, what happened? Well, that's in October. You know that in March and April and May of 2020 began the nine months, 10 months, 11 months of open violence in the city streets of America with the burning of businesses and violence and anti-police and Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And uh, you saw it almost every day, the rioting in the streets, the defecating of cities in the United States of America. And so this prophecy just months earlier was about a millstone, a singular millstone that would bring America into violence. The prophecy continued, you have offended my heart like your harlot mother who also denied my presence in exchange for the glory of nations. Let me say that again. You have offended my heart like your harlot mother who also denied my presence in exchange for the glory of nations. And I tell you now that your glory shall be turned into shame and disgrace. Your nation shall weep and bemoan the loss of many. Now, they're saying through COVID-19, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands or millions uh, have lost their lives. I'm not sure of the numbers. I wasn't taking notes. Okay, we were fighting a different battle at that time. But this prophecy said you you shall weep and bemoan the loss of many. You ask, how have we offended you or what evil have we done? You have offended the little ones, and their blood testifies against you. You have murdered and slaughtered the most innocent and have made booty of the children and have given them over to the perverse actions of the most perverse people within your society. And this is on the heels of Jeffrey Epstein, pedophile island, the corruption going on in the high-powered politicians, and all of these things that are happening. So this prophetic word was going forth in October of 2019. I have used your enemies within your gates to expose what you would not, and you shall see the covers ripped off and the nakedness of your shame exposed. The leaders of America make their boast in their power and intelligence 
and are nothing short of the Babylonians in their day who boasted of their power. I will make the land dark and show my power, saith the Lord, for I am not a respecter of persons, and I hold no man in admiration except the man who does my will from the heart. So here was interesting. God in the prophetic utterance is going to make the land dark. Okay, it's been darkened to a degree. I don't think we're done. Then your pride has deceived you. Well, I missed something here. Your pride has deceived you, and now you are days away from experiencing the madness that you have sown to the ends of the earth. I called you to repentance, but you would not. I don't know about you. Did you think 2020 was kind of madness, ludicrous, mask wearing, vaccination, shots? It was madness. So it brought division, confusion, chaos, right? And you saw all the other madness going on in the cities. Look, the, the prophecy says, listen, the sound of a millstone coming from the skies, plunging the nation into the depth of the sea. Darkness, silence, a new era begins in the purpose of God. And in Job 21.30, I had these scriptures lined up. Job 21.30, for the wicked are reserved for the day of doom. They shall be brought out of the day of wrath. They shall be brought out on the day of wrath. Proverbs 16.4, the Lord has made all for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Jeremiah 11.17, for the Lord of hosts who planted you has pronounced doom against you. For the evil of the house of Israel and of the house of Judah, which they have done against themselves to provoke me to anger in offering incense to Baal. We've done ten times worse. Jeremiah 17, 17, do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom, cried the prophet. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, but do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and destroy them with double destruction. That's the cry of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah 19.15, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring on this city and all her towns all the doom that I have pronounced against it because they have stiffened their necks that they might not hear my words. Jeremiah 26, 13, now therefore amend your ways and your doings and obey the voice of the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent concerning the doom that he has pronounced against you. Jeremiah 26, 19, did Hezekiah, king of Judah, and all Judah ever put him to death? Did he not fear the Lord and seek the Lord's favor? And the Lord relented concerning the doom which he had pronounced against them? But we are doing great evil against ourselves, said that verse. Jeremiah 35, 17, therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring on Judah and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, but they have not heard. I have called to them, but they have not answered. America has just experienced a, a, a measure of doom. Would you agree with that? I'm not making it up being dramatic. I'm not hyper-sensationalizing anything. America has experienced a measure of doom. A lot of people died of a pestilence, hospitals overwhelmed, bodies taken out, great deception, lies, trickery schemes, strategies of the devil, undermining faith. The church went into a 
full-on frontal attack against the powers of darkness. They were shut down. People left the church. I mean, you go to the extent of what just happened, it's a measure of doom. Watching the city streets of America on fire, watching rioting, bloodshed. I mean, on and on, right? There it was. So we've seen a little bit. Jeremiah 36, 31, I will punish him, his family, his servants for their iniquity. I will bring on them, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem and on the men of Judah, all the doom that I have pronounced against them, but they did not heed. Jeremiah 42, and the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said to him, the Lord your God has pronounced this doom on this place. He certainly has. And I will send winnowers to Babylon, Jeremiah 51, 2 who shall winnow her and empty her land, for in the day of doom they shall be against her all around. Ezekiel 7, 7, doom has come to you, you who dwell in the land. The time has come, a day of trouble is near, and not of rejoicing in the mountains. And then in verse 10, behold the day, behold it has come. Doom has gone out, the rod has blossomed, pride has budded. And then finally, Amos 6, 3, woe to you who put far off the day of doom who caused the seed of violence to come near. I wrote those words in October of 2019. Sure enough, in part, these words have been fulfilled. And I'm here today to tell you more. It doesn't matter to me at this time in my life because I'm ready to lay it all down. It doesn't matter. That's the conclusion that I came to deeply in my spirit last night. I don't care what they are going to do to me personally for speaking the truth. January 6, 2021, when nearly a million men, women, and children gathered in Washington, D.C. to support the president of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump, gathered together in liberty and freedom with Congress being open for business that day, which meant the, 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 the Capitol open for business. People had a right to go in there. And the police on that day, through many videos, showed that the police opened the gates and told the people to come in. But the news media, the new Biden globalists involved, made January 6, 2020, the worst day in American history. Now, I've talked about this openly before, and I'm going to say it again. January 6, 2021, was not the worst day in American history. If anything, it was a fresh air of liberty and freedom. I was there. I was in the atmosphere. I was climbing the trees. I was filming everything. I had a microphone and was on the streets ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was there. And what I experienced in that atmosphere was refreshing to see nearly a million people gathered together to the president that they had voted for to hear what he had to say because he invited everybody there. And we had every right in the world to do that. And and this is what is really troublesome, that right now people are being arrested all over this country because they simply went 
to January 6th. If you showed up, not even going into the Capitol building, if you showed up there and they find you in the videos or whatever pictures, if they know you were there, you get on the terror watch list. See, that's wrong. How dare, right? That's how we would feel about it. How dare you invade my privacy? as a citizen of the United States of America, because I went to see my president? How dare you? And so because they put fear in people, the people have backed down. They won't say anything. People are getting arrested in the middle of the night. But you know what? What it's really time for, if you want to have, uh, if we want to go out of this thing rightfully, it is not to go down quietly. Right now, there should be an uprising in the United States of America against the present administration in this country. Now, they need to do, all the people need to do what they should have done on January 6, 2021. What they should have done is what they've accused us of supposedly doing, which was what? We should have, on January 6, gone in full mass all those million people, and should have absolutely taken over the United States of America. But there's a problem. But they should have done. They didn't. A couple of hundred people breached the Congress. Everybody else was just outside, kind of observing everything. Uh, And I'm talking about the Capitol building. No guns, nothing like that, right? But there was a problem on that day. And I'm going to be very honest about the problem. The problem that day is that the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, who told everybody I was there, that he'd meet us over at the building, it was at that very moment, January 6th, and then January 7th, January 8th, January 9th, all the way to January 20th, where there'd be an exchange of administration, that President Donald J. Trump had the right, had the authority at that moment to protect those million people that went out to support him by declaring martial law and an insurrection act, and thus canceling out any transfer of power in the United States. But he somehow left an impression to a lot of people that he just betrayed them. Because everybody knew that he had the Oath Keepers that defend him, that stood by him, and all the other groups out there, they kind of were there to protect and defend. Well, he's left them out to dry now, where they're getting arrested, they're going to prison for standing with their president, who could have turned this whole thing around, declared martial law, declared the Insurrection Act, Joe Biden doesn't get into power, whatever would have come would have come, but it didn't. And now all the people in this country, and there's a lot more than a million, have been taught to be afraid and to fear if they resist. The encroachment of globalism, socialism, and communism. The good, morally right people in this country and Christians throughout this nation 
have cowered in fear to a global agenda. January 6th, in reality, was the most refreshing day that America experienced in a long time. If you weren't there, maybe you didn't experience it. But if you were there, it wasn't the worst day. It was the best day in a long time that people gathered together and stood up. And the environment of those people was not Antifa, not Black Lives Matter, not these far-left groups of communist-motivated people that kicked people while they were on their knees in the head and broke out their teeth and bloodied their eyes and burned buildings and broke windows and destroyed governmental property and shot and killed and murdered. Those were the worst days in the United States of America, but they're coming because in 2019 there was a prophecy, America, you are being plunged into the darkness. You're going under. And what we saw thus far, simply thus far, were the previews in our country in one generation we have systematically, satanically murdered over, over 90 million babies that were being knit together in their mother's womb. Life is in the blood. And when there is blood and tissue, there's life. And we systematically took 90 million lives, bloodshed, on the altars of satanic idolatry and offered that blood to the satanic principalities within our nation who are doing everything in their power to root out God in Jesus Christ and Christianity from off the face of the earth. 90 million in our generation since 1974. In the United States of America today, not only God hates the shedding of innocent blood, but not only that, the homosexual, lesbian, grotesque, filthy, unclean, immoral, unrighteous, degenerate sons and daughters of Sodom and Gomorrah are parading across this nation for years now, since 2015 and before. The parades of their blasphemy, the pouring out of their shame, the pouring out of their filth, their unrighteousness, their desecration, their ugliness, their grotesqueness in the eyes of little children in the eyes of little children dressing up in their little floats, in their black leather, in their dressing like nuns, in their filthy, wicked conduct was paraded throughout our nation. Throughout our nation, Hollywood picked it up, put it on the sitcoms. All across this country, the sons and daughters of Sodom and Gomorrah have run rampant and released. And while the church ought to be releasing the glory of God in resistance at a full frontal attack against this ungodliness, They went to sleep, and then they got shut down, and now they think they're going to wake up. The millstone that began, there's a larger millstone coming. The day of darkness is upon America, and the people are so deluded and so deceived. They're waiting for the president. I think a lot of people are saying to the president, where were you? 
And why are you allowing all this to happen to the people that supported you? Why are you, why didn't you stop it when you had the power to stop it? If you knew and you said it was a fraudulent election, then why didn't you take what you had, the God-given right and a constitutional right, why didn't you declare martial law, suspend the election process until the truth was known? Why didn't you do that? You abandoned the people that supported you. And now you're making another political bid for 2024? Who cares? You're not the king. You're not in the lead anymore, Mr. President. You failed. You failed a lot of people that don't trust you anymore. You played into the con game of the globalists. You yielded. You submitted rather than standing for the people that voted for you who you said you would stand for. If God is to use you again, I can't imagine what it would be for. You toted a vaccination. You told everybody in the country, take the vaccination. People that voted for you are saying, what are you talking about? The people that are vaccinated are now poisoning people that are not vaccinated because they're shedding out of their body this death. So where are the eyes of the people in the church today? Where's their heart? And if it's not Jesus Christ, so what are we saying here? I'm telling you the truth, whether you believe it, don't like it. I was there. I'm telling you the truth. January 6, 2021 was the most refreshing day for an American citizen in a long time, it was not the worst day. For Nancy Pelosi, for Chuck Schumer, for the people that were gathered together, that were doing their thing with Mike Pence and all those folks. To the left, they've made it through the news media. The worst day in American history. Not 9-11. Katrina. Not Parkland, Florida. Las Vegas, Nevada. A little town in Texas. They made that day the worst day. Now, could my view of Donald Trump be somehow short-sighted? I don't understand something about what he did, why he did. Is that possible? Of course it is. I don't believe it is, and time will tell. My eyes are not on that man. My eyes are on Jesus, and when I look to Jesus, I see nothing but a cross and a time to lay down your life and a time to say the truth when nobody else wants to say the truth. Rick Wiles or Doc Burkhart last night in their program made a statement, come to True News, see what we're doing. We are the only people speaking the truth at this time. And my wife turned and said, except for Vincent Xavier. He speaks the truth. He speaks the truth. So what do I want to do? Here's what I want to do. I want to get this face that you look at through this little camera. I want to get it backed off a little bit. I want to have a studio. I want to follow the lead of Rick Wiles. I love what Rick Wiles did. God blessed his work. I want to gather a couple of men of God 
that have an ability like Doc Burkhardt and Edward Zoll. I want a radio studio. I want to have the, the, this one little camera. I want it to be a better one. I want to have a studio that has great volume. I want to be able to sit down and tell the truth with other men of God who could report the way that Rick does it. I think Rick has built something to be patterned after. I think truenews.com, the way they've done it is perfect. Now, the higher the level, the higher the devil, I get it, but it is time. See, this is what I want to do. In the last several years, okay, we have simply sat at home looking through a camera lens, through a little microphone, and you saw my big face, and it made my nose look big, and yet we told as much truth as we possibly could, and it was okay. And I'm so willing, up until this morning, laying in bed, up until that time, I'm so willing. I haven't been begging people for money, asking for support. I think we've had four people support us in the last three months financially. Four people supported our ministry that we do every day. Four people have given an offering. I haven't said a word. doesn't matter to me. I'm going to do what has to be done. But I do thank the four people, by the way, for those of you who have given your gift. Thank you so much for, you know, caring enough about this ministry to say it has some value. Here, we want to present it, and we want to bless you with it and help you. Well, I want to use finances right now to build a studio. That's what I'd like to do because I'm not going silent. And I want to tell the whole world what really happened on January 6th. And if I get arrested for doing it, then that's God's will. But if, if, like Elijah, they come to arrest and they have to deal with God, that's another issue. It's another issue. I've made decisions in my life. I have principles. I have values. And I stand by every one of them. And if I get in trouble with the world for honoring the values that I believe in biblically, well, that's between the world and God. I'm whatever God wants. I know that if I could wake up in the morning and go to the exact verse that I was preaching about imputed righteousness and all about faith, then I'm good. I know that God is at work in my life. I know he is. And I refuse to back down at this moment. I have no strength of my own, but I know what I've been called to do. And I've been doing it faithfully behind this little microphone and that little camera for three years. And I've been doing it for a lot longer than that in other venues and platforms. I know I'm nothing without Christ. I know that I'm a branch. And if I'm not in Christ, there's nothing. I can do nothing. But in Christ, I want to defend the truth. And I don't want to cover it over. I don't want to put sugar on it and make it taste good and and mess with people. I want to tell the truth. What happened on January 6th as the most refreshing day for an American citizen, not the worst day. The reason why it was a worst day to the left is because of the righteousness that was within it and the strength and the camaraderie and the fellowship and the brotherhood and the sisterhood that was there. That's what terrified them. Now who do we look to for leadership? Who are we waiting for? It's time for we, the people of the United States of America, we, the people, are the government 
of the United States, according to the Founding Fathers, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, all those people in that office in Washington, D.C., are to be public servants, not arresting people because they showed up at a, at a, at a gathering for their president. You don't arrest people for showing up. You don't invade their privacy for showing up. You don't do that. And if you let them do that and you fear them, then they will control the rest of your life and you will die a coward. And you're going to stand before God, he says in Revelation, no cowards are going into the kingdom. They're going into the lake of fire. No, I want to build a studio. I want to build a radio television studio. I want to follow what Rick Wiles did. I have friends out there that are already in news. They're anchor people. I've got people out there that are intelligent, that have a mind. They have righteousness. They have have loyalty to Christ. They are strong in their spirit, and they're ready to go. And I believe God wants these platforms out there for as long as they will. For as long as we can get the truth out there, we've got to tell the truth. And we're being lied to every single day. And I'm not just going as a worldly news journalist. I'm not one. I know my gifting. I know the prophetic call of God upon my life. I know what God has put in my spirit. I know a measure of who I am in Christ. I know who I am. And I know what I, what's inside of me. And I'm not going to deny what's inside of me. And I'm not going to be afraid of what's inside of me. And I'm not going to shut my mouth. Because of what's inside of me. But that doesn't make me anything. That terrifies me because God says, if you don't do what I tell you to do and you don't say what I tell you to say, I'm going to embarrass you like I've done everybody else. And I refuse that. I refuse to have my father be upset with me and embarrass me because I feared what men could do to me. I'm not a tough guy. Anything but a tough guy. But the strength of God's spirit in my life to be contained because I'm afraid what men would think or do? No. We, the people of the United States of America, every man, woman, and young person that has a fire burning in their heart. I don't even know if there's fire burning in the majority of people anymore. I think fear has put a blanket over passion. And that the fire is being quenched in the hearts of God's people. So we need to light that fire again in the American people who have morality, have a sense that that is evil. Murdering little babies, shedding their blood on the altars of idolatry is evil and not permitted in our society. Homosexuality, lesbianism is not a political issue. There's a morality that tells us even nature itself, it is wicked, abomination, unnatural. And it should not belong in our society. It needs to go back into the closet from whence it came out of, the closet of hell. It needs to go back. Now, there are people that have been pedophiles and homosexuals and lesbians and transvestites and transgender and pornographic and are now washed and sanctified and justified by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the washing of the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Such were some of you. I get that. I'm all for sinners becoming saints. But the people that are flaunting their parades, the people that hate God, hate Jesus Christ, the people that are promoting the laws and legislating the unrighteousness in our society, 
This is what is causing this nation to go under, and it's going to drown. The question that I have, shouldn't we save as many as we can before it hits? You just saw a preview. And I guarantee you the prophetic word of the Lord is going to come through these airwaves again. And I guarantee you that what I spoke in October of 2019, months before, really 10 weeks before the whole 2020 coronavirus debacle thing happened about the millstone prophecy. When I heard Rick Wilde say it last night, he's going to tie a millstone around this nation. He quoted verbatim. And when you hear the humility and the brokenness and what he went through and his strength and his faith to fight through what's going on, make you want to get behind that ministry and support it. They're standing on the front lines right now. All I know is that I sense a call to go to the front lines as well. We've been on the backside of a desert for a very long time, and we have learned to give up our ambition. We have learned to give up on pushing ourselves forward. We have emptied ourselves out of the vain pursuit of becoming someone or becoming a ministry. And the only thing left now is to have a platform to speak the truth and get it further out there so people will wake up. My belief is that God's word of judgment upon this nation is set. America has crossed the point of no return. It will never return. That was said in 2003 by the Spirit of the Lord. And 2021 is living proof that in 18 years it has not returned. And it will not return. It's going under. We are foretold this. And now we would reach out and tell the truth to unbind the minds of people in this country from the deception, the delusion, the spiritual influence that is choking the life out of people in this nation, literally suffocating people, making them afraid to speak when our whole nation had a First Amendment right, freedom of speech, a Second Amendment right, freedom to bear arms, and all the other constitutional rights of this nation, we were given the right to say whatever we want to say, to go wherever we want to go. And if our president had a rally and he invited us to it while he was still the president, how dare you invade our privacy and put us on one of your terror watch lists? You know what you are? You're the enemy. You are the illegal enemy of the United States. And just like this prophecy said, you have been allowed by God to come in and take position because of the gross sin of our nation. And so God's people, all the Americans here, we need to repent and we need to confess and we need to turn away and we need to unbind ourselves and loose ourselves from the satanic powers of darkness and get up and start really awakening to what's going on. How dare anybody in this country, these vile, wicked, evil people, invade the privacy of people that had a constitutional right to go see their president in Washington, D.C., and how dare they call that the worst day in American history when it was the freshest, most liberating time for a truly American citizen. My citizenship goes way beyond American. 
I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, like all true believers are. And yet God planted me in this nation to speak, to declare, and keep truth alive. To light the torch of freedom and liberty. And if the American people do not respond now, now, 10 million need to show up in Washington, D.C. A million need to show up in every capital of the United States, wherever capital buildings are in every state in the United States of America. A million need to gather to those capital buildings. 10 million in Washington, D.C. All the true military people that love freedom and liberty need to wake up to what's happening in this country. And there needs to be a revolution against the wickedness that has taken a seat and occupied in the places of power within this nation. And it needs to happen in Hollywood. It needs to happen all over this nation. The people of God need to be inspirited by God, like in the days of Haggai. God's spirit needs to come in the inside and bring boldness back for the righteous are as bold as a lion. If this message creates an atmosphere, they're going to take everything away. They're going to take me to prison. It's okay. I'm sold out. I'm done. It's over. The greatest time in my life has been in the last year of my life. It's been the greatest time of my existence upon planet Earth. We have the greatest little congregation. We have the greatest people that we've been allowed to pastor and to, to serve. We have been given the greatest miracles. We have health. We are, we are so blessed in a very simple life, very simple, but so extremely inwardly, intrinsically quality-filled life, not without battles, not without trials, But, man, it's been the best ever. And if God wants it laid down, I'm going to lay it down. But until they take it away, if God permits them to take it away, I want to build a studio. I want to build a studio. I want it to be fully loaded with every state-of-the-art everything. And I want to bring men with, with wisdom and faith and strength and truth and power and anointing and grace and mercy and love to be balanced, but to not turn this moment over to evil without truth being spoken. So that's kind of what's going on in my world today. I'm all good. I'm all in. I think that men, unredeemed, unregenerate men who blaspheme Almighty God are going to have their day of accountability. I would just like to see the refreshing revolutionary tones of an American citizenry who love God, who love their country, and know what is morally right and what is morally wrong. I just want to see light prevail over the darkness and expose it. I just want to see truth in this country again. We had it. Only in this generation have we allowed the dark spirits of the underworld to blind the minds of the masses because we filled the altars of idolatry with the blood of innocent children, and that we perverted our nation with the homosexual Sodom and Gomorrah agenda, which God's word says anybody that does what Sodom and Gomorrah did will suffer the same vengeance. And so I declare unto you, the divine vengeance of God is coming upon America. But what about us who live in this nation? 
What about us? Where will we be in the day of doom that God is speaking over this nation? I hope we're in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, that we're in Goshen while Egypt is being destroyed, that we are in our ark while the days of Noah's flood is wiping out the earth, that we enter into our chambers and shut the door until the indignation be overpassed. We have moments of light left. Work while there's light for the nighttime comes when no man will be able to work. These are my thoughts. This is what I believe. And I'm staying with it. And it's true. I've got some calls coming in right now. It is, what is it, 10, 16. Uh, say so, hello to some of my friends on Facebook. Hello, Kevin Hauger. Good morning to you, sir. Um, I see Brenda Torville is with us from Missouri. God bless you, Brenda. Uh, the eclipse this morning. Okay, there was an eclipse. I didn't know about the eclipse, but praise the Lord. Uh, good morning, Pastor Vincent from River Christian Center, Pastor Jeff Bass, Cindy Messman. Good morning, Cindy. We miss you in California. God bless you. Denny Sossaman and Sally. Good morning, Pastor, and all of his saints. Keep his armor on and stand. Amen to that. Uh, Kathy Bruns, good morning. All is well here. Waiting to hear the word of the Lord for the day in which we live. Uh, praise the Lord. God is on the throne. We must trust him and be faithful fellow believers in Jesus. Amen. Bailey Easterling. Morning. Good morning to you, Bailey. Extremely unfortunate about something. Uh, River Christian Center. Go for it. Pastor Carol Carey. Good morning, friends. Happy Thursday. Bailey, I know God's judgment is coming or his return. Not sure which may be. Both, as they go hand in hand, was called out of the gay lifestyle myself, was under strong deception. Hey, Bailey, welcome home. Welcome. You, like all of us sinners, have been saved by the grace of God. I would pray that God would raise you up in the homosexual community, if God wills, to be a voice to lead others out as you were let out. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Way to go, Bailey. Thanks for sharing. Maybe you could come on this conversation. Maybe you can come on this radio station and we could have a talk. And let's hear your story. I'd love to hear your story, Bailey. Um, now we go on Kevin Hauger. We will fix the studio soon for the problems that everyone think or say needs to change. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Let's build a good one. Um, and Bailey says, and we appreciate it. Thank you, father. Keep using this man and keep a uh, time of prayer covering on him and his wife. Thank you, Bailey, for the prayer covering. God bless you. Touching my heart deeply right now. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, all right, so, me too, bra, amen, demon haters, right, uh, valid, valid, this hitting me. I'm realizing that the Lord is pointing out to me that I fell for his lies and got lax or fell for the distraction of life and work. I hear you, Bailey, loud and clear. Um, oh, where are these Wednesday night studies held and what times? Hey, Bailey, we're in Northwest Arkansas every Wednesday, 7 o'clock, Thursday, 7 o'clock, Tuesday, 7 o'clock. Get in touch. We'll tell you exactly where we are for Bible study. No, no problem whatsoever. Janet Ruth Ryder, good morning, y'all. Good morning to you, Janet. Kevin says, H2794, fabricators are mechanic artificer from 2790 prime root to scratch. Yes, talking about the vaccination, no doubt. Uh, G2794, uncertain derivative danger peril. Yeah, it's a lot of that coming. Pastor Jeff, Talked about it himself yesterday, about 5782, agony, death, judgment of God, Hebrew number, Mamma Mia. 
Callie Reynolds, good morning. Good morning to you. Laquita, wow, just wow. Laquita, God bless you for the word, uh, without words. Wow, without words. It is, and we should all wake up to the reality. Crystal Wingate, please watch this video, The Manufacturing of a President Obama Conspiracy with Dr. Stephen Pidgeon on Global Spiritual Revolution Media Group with Bishop Larry Gators. You see, what Crystal's sharing right now, this is what our radio television studio needs to do to bring these kind of people into the studio and bring enlightenment all over the world larger platform while we have light to do what god wants us to do crystal make sure you send the link and people in the chat room could watch it the manufacturing of a president obama conspiracy all right with dr stephen pigeon brenda palmer win awesome message thank you brenda crystal wingate thank you i'm so excited to hear you speak like this Thank you, and Crystal Wingate. All right. Let me say good morning to Brother Mark here. Good morning. Mark is on the line with us this morning. How are you today, sir? What's going on? Hey, good morning, Pastor Vincent. Mm. Thank you for sharing your heart this morning. Very much appreciated. So I have a couple comments to make. You know, um, I know from personal experience in my walk with the Lord, which is a not a lengthy walk. I mean, I've only been I've only been a believer uh, just over ten years now. And what I have discovered, and I, I unfortunately I can't quote you chapter and verse, but I can just share a personal experience, and that is when you get to those crossroads. And I'm saying the word "you." I'm talking about us, we believers. Sure. When you get to those crossroads where you renew a commitment to the Lord, where you really just deep down in your bones, you lay it at the foot of the cross. You lay your life down. You tell the Lord that I am willing to go wherever you lead me, and I am willing to do whatever it takes to do your will, Father. When you profess that and confess that to the Lord in your heart, Uh, When you speak it out loud, when you recognize it in your heart, when you're willing to experience calamity in your life in order to do the will of God, when you're willing to experience loss of personal gain, when you're willing just to give it all up to do what the Lord wants you to do, and you let the Lord know that, From that point forward, the Lord blesses you, and the Lord does not bring calamity that you had expressed that you're willing to experience. He does not bring calamity. He brings blessing. That's been my experience. There's been a couple times, Pastor, when a crossroads was reached in my my life, my marriage, uh, when I professed to the Lord that I was willing just to give it all up and to lay it all down in order for his will to be done. And he blessed me. He, he did not bring me into calamity or loss or tragedy. He blessed me with, with greater provision, a, a better place to live, um, a greater income. And so I, I just uh, commend you for publicly stating on the air that you, uh, at this point, in this crossroads, which you have professed, that you're willing to lay it all down and that you're all in, because I know how that works in the spiritual world, which is ruled by our Lord God. 
he's going to bless you. And that's, that's my story regarding that, and I'm sticking to it. Amen. Now, another thing that I want to say is that you speak out pretty – you're pretty vocal about your sentiment about the role of homosexuality and sexual perversion in the decline of the United States of America and the decline of the world as, it is, as we know it. I, one thing that you, you don't say, you, one thing that I haven't heard you say is that, and I know this about you because I have witnessed it for myself in real life, is that when you greet, when you encounter a homosexual person on the street, that you treat that person with love and respect and an ever-present invitation to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've never seen you, and I have seen you interact with homosexuals. You never once have you passed judgment upon them or have you treated them with anything less than respect and dignity and love. Um, and so I commend you for that. Honestly, I don't think many people, many believers can do that. Uh, there's, there's a real choice there to be made when encountering a person who is actively sinning there's a real choice there. There's a real temptation to be judgmental and to speak in judgment. But I commend you, sir, because that's not the route that you choose. You choose to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I just really enjoy that about you. It's also true that when I first arrived here in northwest Arkansas and first came to church, um, you were preaching against the role of homosexuality. In, in our society today. And I was a little bit nervous about that because it sounded a lot like um, us versus them type of mentality. And coming from California, having moved here from California, I wasn't really accustomed to an us versus them railing against homosexuality. But then subsequently, getting to know you a little bit better I witnessed how you treat people with love and respect wherever you go and whomever you meet. And so I just want to say to believers out there, rather loudly against the effects of the devil here, but underlying that is the love of Christ because that's what Jesus did. He spoke very, very loudly in his day walking here on earth. He spoke out against the works of the devil. But face-to-face, person-to-person, when you shook the hand of Jesus or when you stood before Jesus, you were flooded with love and you were flooded with respect and you were flooded with opportunity to step away from sin and to step into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. That's my story, Pastor Vince, and I'm sticking to it. Well, what a what a heartfelt story. Thank you for that, and thank you for mentioning that. That's that's beautiful. That's from the Lord, and uh, it's a wonderful balance to what we've been talking about today. God bless you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Wonderful. See Amen. We'll see you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, that was beautiful. It's 1027. If you have a question or comment, you could call into this broadcast anytime. 818 is the number. 
818-364. What's the number here? Forgot it. Mark got me all messed up. Okay. So 818-369-0326. You have any questions or comments about what you heard today? Um, how is the Holy Spirit going to orchestrate what needs to happen in this nation among people who love God, love their country, love liberty and freedom, and love morality and righteousness? Well, it's going to require God's Holy Spirit to set something up, wouldn't you say? And I think the first thing that needs to happen is that there has to be an awakening. And we talk about woke, and we talk about awakenings, and we talk about all these things. But really, quite frankly, um, the, the sleepiness is pretty intense. And I think people are not as much awake as they are dreaming. And I, you know, when you're dreaming, you kind of think you're awake, but you're dreaming. And I think there's a lot of dreaming going on in our society, but there needs to be awakening. And some would call it a rude awakening by the things that are hitting the earth. But still, even with some of the rude awakenings, people are still sleeping and they're still dreaming. So what we need to do is we need to awaken. And how do we do that? We need to get platforms. We need to reach out. We need to connect and interconnect with others that are doing the same thing. We need to network. But if you don't wake the people up, how are the people ever going to know what to do? And so there has to be an awakening. And that awakening normally begins with people that are already in the ministry. But you know what I know? God will raise people up that aren't in the ministry that have a heart for him and a hunger for him to do what the ministers won't do. And to them, I give all respect. Go for it. Be a voice. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Awaken the people. Gather together. It's critical mass time. No joke. The, the further parts of that millstone prophecy that I read earlier, it's near. It's at the door. You'll see. It's going to happen. All right, we're going to call it there for now. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody on Blog Talk Radio, and we're going to shift over to Facebook and YouTube and Omega Radio. Some of you can stay uh, connected if you'd like to. And I want to tell you to go to truenews.com, okay, rather than me playing, I'm going to put Patricia Joy on, omegaradio.org, and there's a roundtable discussion. You don't want to miss it. It's about deliverance and inward healing uh, and getting cleaned up before the Lord. That's going to be happening on omegaradio.org in about 30 seconds. But to listen to what I shared last night, go to the June 9th, which was yesterday, truenews.com. Give yourself a, a, a blessing by sitting down, tuning out the world, tune into the broadcast, Rick Wiles, Doc Burkhart, uh, to a few other people that are there, and uh, just listen. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. June 9th, True News. And remember, there's no E in True News. It's T-R-U-N-E-W-S.com, truenews.com. Rick Wiles, you're going to love the broadcast. Enjoy. Have a blessed day. It is Thursday, so we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, Pastor Vincent Xavier, shalom. God bless. Have a wonderful day.